This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We're talking to the executive director of the Green Times, eco consultant and coach. Her name is Alma Pollard. But before we get into a headline story and we even say hello to Alma, Alma's called herself the Frog Lady. It's not like somebody else gave her that name. And she's been known to rescue frogs actively. We spoke about it in great detail last year, but after the heavy rains of the last week, good morning, Alma. You've had your hands full again with the little guys. Good morning. Yes, I just want to correct you. It, I didn't give myself the name. That name was given to me by people in the area. So. Okay. Well, whichever way we like calling you the frog lady, it sounds it sounds cute. I like it. <laughs> You've got to be a certain type of crazy to do certain things. <laughs> I know. We've been talking about that here in the studio this morning. I've got the feeling that I've been labeled as being just a tad conservative and a bit boring. So I'm going to learn from all of the ladies that I'm talking to here this morning. Oh, I think one must just follow your passion. I mean, you get guided through your through your heart, and I think that's that's what we are supposed to follow. Exactly. So, tell us what you did. Is it the same spot again, Alma, where you had to stop the traffic then in the Somerset West area? Yes, it's the same spot, but we didn't stop the traffic because ah. it was a minor migration and not a major migration because that's our agreement with the traffic department. They yes. will only support us for a major migration. So is also called the dispersal. They just, you know, when the weather... You see that hole, R44 was built right through a wetland. Hmm. So this is the habitat of the frogs. I think it was originally called Padaflane, not Padaflane. <laughs> so the road was built right through. The reason it was a single lane, so there were water pipes that went right through from one side to the other, and they could um, disperse through the water pipes. You see, there's a... There's a wetland on the on the Powderfly side, which is where the AECI used to be, and that area is pretty much contaminated and not so great for the frogs. So when it rains, they regard the road, because it's covered in water, as part of their wetland, and they go across to the dam on the other side oh. at Sanctuary, which is a much nicer habitat for them. So they know they will survive better if they get to a better pond, and that, of course, is across the road. So... That's an issue that we are still dealing with, really. It's a battle um, because it's um, very expensive to build a tunnel un- underneath the road, which is ultimately really what we want. But we're now looking at building a small wall and herding them down to a water pipe much lower down where they actually can get through from the one side to the other. Or, firstly, we are probably going to be um, trapping the frogs there now and see whether we can find the the indigenous, the, the, the threatened species of, of Cape platana there amongst all the other common platana yeah. because we feel that then we're going to get hopefully help from conservation and the city and all these people who are not currently helping us. Well, thanks for what you're doing, Alma. I don't know anybody else that would care about these sorts of things, so it's great that we know you. And you inspire us uh, because you don't connect with many people who feel the way you do about these things. So thanks for opening our eyes every week to these things and making us more alive and awake to what's actually important, the little things that can really make a difference and matter. Thank you, Bernard. Yeah, I think the little things represent the big things. You know, the, mm. it's the microcosm of the macrocosm. So if we don't care about um, life enough or we don't have enough reverence for life and we can just drive across thousands of living creatures and think it's cool, mm. then um, somewhere you're not connected with your heart. And I think that's the important thing, to live with an open-hearted life, you know, and respond to whatever impulse you get there to, to, to support the world. 
Yeah, and on that note, the headline story we're keeping an eye on is the plastic fishing tournament, which is also unusual. And to get the fishermen to say, okay, we'll give up our time and our resources to make a difference in the space where we work and, and that forms part of our livelihood. What a great initiative. Isn't that so very, very cool? So this happened on World Ocean Day across the world. Many, many countries participated, and that's not the first year, but the first day I think that this country is participating. Mm. And it also happened in Mexico and China and Brazil and Israel and places like that. So it's basically this wonderful um, plastic fishing tournament. Yeah. Well, it's not wonderful because we, ha- we wish it wasn't necessary, but where the fishermen, we had 20 boats going out uh, at... Um, at Heart Bay, I just heard that it also happened in Gordon's Bay, so there may be other beaches mm. also. 100 fishermen went out and they fished um, within a limited period of time. They had to see how much, how many pieces of plastic they could bring in. They covered 30 kilometers and they gathered 300 kilograms of plastic within wow. three hours. So they, they're possibly catching this sort of thing anyway, Alma, when they're casting out their nets. They're probably picking up all of this stuff as well, so they know exactly how to do it. Yes, so also if you click on the video that's in the, in, embedded into the story, they show you, it's really, really fun to watch um, how they're saying it impacts also on their fishing. Because, of course, where, where the water is contaminated, the fish don't want to live. They know it's not good for them, so they move off to other areas. And they're talking about how they can see how the fish um, um, numbers dwindles when the water is full of full of plastic. So it has a direct impact on their living, and of course, on the whole, we know that we need a healthy ocean to be able to live as humans on this planet. So they are basically gathering all this plastic, and then they created all this huge big writing on the beach mm. that said, "Imagine a world free of plastic." Very beautiful pictures, also and story. And after that, it was all taken to a recycling company, and they are turning it into these durable benches that's made of mixed plastic, ah. mixed recycled plastic. These will be placed along the beaches. Also, to remind people of the crisis, because this is a very serious crisis, and 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 all part of creating awareness, obviously, and and looking for 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 solutions for for this big problem. Mm. And then they talk here about 8 million tons of plastic lands in the oceans yearly. That is two waste lorries per minute wow. of plastic gets dumped into the oceans um, across the world now. South Africa, we get 250,000 tons of plastic yearly in our rivers and oceans. So from yeah. rivers, they always end up in the oceans. So I just wanted to say the 300 kilogram that they collected was in three hours. Now, plastic is incredibly light, so that is a huge amount of plastic. If you mm. think how light it is to make a 300 kilograms, it's just a massive amount. Um, Elmo, we know you've got good relationships with the guys from Plastics SA and, and Petco, um, amongst others. Um, they must have their hands full because they would be so much part of what they do in terms of their social responsibility. You know, they're, they're providing us with things that we possibly can't do without, but they also know the impact. So, uh, you know, these kinds of things are, are really, really important to be happening, particularly around our beaches and our streams. So it's big news for us here in, in the Cape area. Uh, where, Absolutely. Where I mean, something like Bitco is entirely focused on the recycling of plastic. They mm. don't manufacture plastic. They are responsible for the recycling of, of, of PET-specific plastic. So these people are all devoted to the same cause. 
and they are focused on getting plastics out of the waste stream. And of course, yes, we must be so, it impacts on, on each of us. I mean, we are all part of the problem. If we go shopping without our own shopping bags and we get, you know, those thin shopping bags there, we're all part of the problem. And mm. of course, we are all still using single-use plastic, and that's the thing that we are trying to get rid of. Yeah, I also noticed, Alma, people buy uh, some of these um, reusable shopping bags, but inevitably end up forgetting them, either in the car or at home. So then you end up going and having to rebuy and rebuy and rebuy reusable till you're sitting with a cupboard full of them at home. It sort of starts to defeat the point. So I guess we need to be a little bit more <laughs> conscious about that. I don't know. My personal experience is it's when you have so many of them already. Because I started off saying to myself, this is like 30 years ago, yeah. that if I forget my bags, I will buy a new long-life long bag, you know, yes. durable bag, expensive bag. That's just a rule that I made myself. And then, of course, I always keep it in the boot of the car. So it is always there. Mm. If I am too lazy to walk back to my car, if I've forgotten to take it with me, then I'll have to carry it. You know, so, I mean, I, it just ends up with making little rules. But once you have so many that your boot is full of bags, I tell you what, you don't forget them anymore because you don't want any more of those. (laughs) You start giving them away also. Yeah, and paying for them on top of that as well. It's not easy to change, but I think if one is committed enough, you can really, you can bear that and and create new, better habits because these were just bad habits. We've all got bad habits that we need to address and, Mm. and, and, and swap out for better habits. Alma, thanks so much for opening our eyes to these things. I say it every week, and I certainly do mean it. We don't see these stories anywhere else if it wasn't for The Green Times. So thanks for directing us to your website, thegreentimes.co.za, for this story and a whole lot more. Also links through to what The Green Times is chatting about on Twitter and on Facebook and links to our podcast here as well at kpulpa.co.za, all on The Green Times. Alma, grateful that we can spend time together. Thanks for all the work that you do behind the scenes, and thanks for inspiring us every Wednesday. Thank you, Brad. Have an awesome green day. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.